for this game, I think it's very fitting that we start by talking about our experience with archery. We both actually were archery instructors for two years each. We worked at a camp and our full-time job for 40 hours a week was to teach other people how to shoot at a target with bows and arrows. We did recurve bows mostly and I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, especially when not a lot of people showed up. We just got to hang out at the range and just shoot arrows all day. We have to do this for so long at the camp that we're at. There's a, a prize for the best score from the whole summer. And the summer before Paul worked there, I worked there and actually won the whole competition. And my name's on a trophy. And then the year that we worked there together, Paul... I won. I beat Brad and another one of our coworkers. And I was so proud. And like a year or two later, my wife and I came to visit Brad, who was still working at that camp uh, for the summer. And I go, and we go to look at the trophy that's going to have my name right there. And our other co-worker's name is on the trophy. And I was so mad. And apparently, our our boss just forgot who won. And so he asked someone, hey, who do you think had the best score? And they told the other person. Because he, he was leading for, you know, probably yeah. over half the summer. And towards the end is when I really dialed in my skill and was able to pass him. So I don't think I'll ever live that down. The frustration of like, if I ever go back to see that Brad's name is on the trophy, but my name is not, even though I deserve to be there. You deserve to be there. And it's also very sad because the year that I won, the, the highest score was significantly lower than any of the other years that had won. So the, the following year, I had improved my score by a drastic margin. But your but, bad score is what's listed on the trophy. But my, my worst score is the one that's on the trophy, exactly. Yeah, I feel like... I can picture going back to this camp with my kids because it's just a great experience. And see, son, see that trophy? Uh, I actually wanted to be like, yeah, sure, whatever, Dad. You can just tell me that. It's not on the trophy, so you didn't win Uncle it. Brad is up there, though. <laughs> so um, I do always show people when I go down there, like, the guy who we worked for, his name is Lanny. Hey, Lanny, can I grab, grab the trophy and show some people? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll go back there and get it. And so I'll go get the trophy and bring it out and show whoever I'm with. Welcome to IndieQ. Today we are talking about the game Towerfall. So this game my wife loves, but she hates the name. She's always telling me, why the heck is it called Towerfall? She could be like archery something, arrow game, the arrow shooting game. I'm like, your, your skills at naming games aren't great, but I can agree that Towerfall doesn't make a lot of sense because this is an archery game through and through it's a... How would you describe it? It's a... An arcade 2D platforming battle royale game. So you're 2D pixel art characters with bows and you're jumping around Shooting the stage. Shooting at the other people who are also running around the stage. And so you have arrows, you know, number of arrows. And if you don't have any arrows, you can't shoot anything. And you're trying to Eliminate. kill the other players and you get points for, for every kill that you get and... After there's only one player left, the round will be restart. Everyone will be alive again, and you just keep going depending on the end game criteria for the, the mode that you're playing in. Yes, and so this game is actually made by the same uh, developers, the same people as who made Celeste. And the main character in Celeste, Madeline, is a playable character 
in Towerfall. So she's just a murderer. She just goes around killing people with her bow. Um, and if you uh, have played Celeste, also her inner self, the little purple girl, you can play as her as well. But uh, generally, the gameplay we kind of described it is yeah, you're on this on the screen and you're trying to kill people. And there are two ways you can actually kill people. The first one is obviously with the arrows, but sometimes you run out of arrows because you're a little trigger happy or for some reason, no arrows are coming your way. And the other way to kill somebody is to jump on their head. So just bop them on the head and they fall to the ground in a crumple of, of their clothing. This game kind of reminds me just the, the style of the platforming of some like old Mario or like Donkey Kong levels of its, you know, platforming where you're just jumping around, different levels you can go up. And then also, if you're able to like move off the screen to the right, you show up on the left side of the screen. Same thing, if you fall off the bottom of the screen, you plop down through the top of the screen. So it's like this infinite loop. loop. Like you could even be just falling constantly from the top to the bottom and your character just like re-pops up at the top. And that often happens when somebody dies and they're falling through it and they'll just continue to fall for the rest of the game. So as the other players are still running around trying to win or, you know, kill somebody else, your dead body is continuing to fall through the game. But the same thing, arrows can go that way too. So sometimes you can shoot an arrow off to the right side of the screen and someone who's on the left side of the screen thinks no one's nearby, didn't realize that there's a you know a passageway through. I mean, it's very clear that there is, but it's easy yeah, to forget when you're just kind of the franticness of the game and all of a sudden an arrow will shoot you from behind and you'll just die. You're like, where did they even come from? Yeah. I, I think that there are so many really, really cool aspects of this game. I think we should dive into probably the most common game mode, which they call Headhunters. It's just your normal uh, free-for-all battle. And the way that that version works is each kill that you get will count towards a total. And you have set at the beginning of the game, oh, we're playing to 20 kills with our... Or to 10 kills. Whatever, whatever it is, right? And once somebody has reached that, the game ends... And you get a fun little screen where the winner has a crown on their head and, and all the losers are like bandaged up and all sad. Yeah, that screen really brings back some memories for me. It also gives you like different awards. You know, one of them is like called like best at math, which is making fun of you because you're like it's worst, accounting. worst accounting. Yeah, it's for uh, you're trying to shoot when you don't have any arrows in your quiver. So it keeps track of a bunch of different stuff. But that makes me think of back in high school. We, there was a, a phase that we went in that we, we played a lot of uh, Call of Duty Modern split, Warfare 2. Split screen, one-on-one. -on -one. And my my character had a higher rank because I played more than you did at yep. the time. We didn't have online at this point, so it was literally just local 1v1. Sometimes we might get up to four players on, you know, each have a little corner of the not super huge screen that we would play on. Right. Where screen peeking was a huge deal. Cause you could hey, stop looking at I didn't look. No way you knew I was there. There's no way. <laughs> but Call of Duty had this similar screen at the end of the game. And there was one award that we dubbed the, the You Suck Award. That <laughs> I got Brad would often. get a lot. Which was called Most Kills of Higher Rank. And we're playing 1v1. And I'm higher rank than him. So, so I can't get any kills of a higher rank. And so <laughs> I just remember we would just laugh about that. And I'd tease you. Like, yeah, you got the You Suck Award. Yeah. Most kills of a higher rank. I destroyed you in this game. But Yeah, that was one of the games that Paul really dominated in. And 
very quickly I learned to not play it anymore, which is uh, probably a sore spot in Paul's Yeah, life. I always, when I tell this story, I usually say, uh, once we uh, discovered that I was better at this game, we decided that we didn't like to play this game we, anymore. We as a collective unit decided together that we no longer wanted to play. It wasn't influenced at all by the fact that Brad wouldn't play with me anymore, so we just didn't play Call of Duty anymore. But Oh, man. Uh, do you still enjoy those kinds of games? Or not really. I don't play them very much. I just... I, I wouldn't say I don't enjoy that. I just the Call of Duty formula is just so stale to me. I, I have not played much since some shooters since high school. Maybe a little bit in college. I had one roommate who was really into Call of Duty, but there's something to fun to play around with. But they're never something that I like have any desire to go deep on. Which is so weird to me because I feel the same way. Probably because you beat me so bad when we were little. But uh, they're like some of the, the, the all the best selling games, like. When they come out, it's just like the biggest game of the year. And it's just like, I don't understand why everyone's buying the next one. Anyways, we're talking about Towerfall, but right now we're talking about Call of Duty. <laughs> um, so back to Towerfall, though. This game is extremely customizable. There are so many different things that you can turn on or off. You can change the game mode. So we were talking about the Headhunters, where it's, it's a, you're trying to get the most kills. But you can also play like team... Like team uh, deathmatch. Team, team deathmatch. That's probably our favorite way to play, especially with our family. On a Switch, you can play with up to six players. And so oftentimes you'll play 3v3, but you could change the numbers of on each team to, you know. Fit the right, the, the whoever's there. and The skill level, you know, if some person's just destroying everybody. You know, you can try to make it, you can self-balance the game a lot. Yes. Which is really fun. And one of the cool things, even in the custom customization of it like you could play with your like you, that you could accidentally kill your teammates or you could turn that off so you never will accidentally kill your teammates um, you could turn it on where you can revive your teammates like oh they've been shot already but if i go stand over their body for a certain amount of time they'll come back so we really like playing that way it just there's so many tense amazing moments and there's definitely a skill curve to the game where there are you can tell people are better at the game one one thing that i think really emphasizes the difference in skill is there's a dodge button that you can push that it's like a dash just like in celeste you can dash you can dash but if you game. dash at the correct time into someone's arrow that they're shooting at you you literally catch the arrow yes. so i think it's something you see at the more skilled players are more frequently catching other people's arrows in midair and you're like you finally got the drop on someone you launch your arrow at them and you're like it's going to hit them it does hit them but they dashed and they caught your arrow and now they have more arrows than you and that's the biggest part of the game that's hard for the newest newer player to but there are many times especially because there's the jump on the head mechanic of killing the other player where there will be a, a higher ball. skilled player and every it's not infrequent for this yell stand to your feet everyone's super excited for the person you know it was a 1v1 at the end of the match you just didn't think this person had a chance and, and they, they did beat. It. and i find myself even when it's not my team everyone's just like screaming oh yeah we get so loud uh and just are yelling and it's just like this great group experience of like yeah. hey i lost but this person who's not good at video games who's you know decided that they want to play with us you know, it's so fun, like, when our wives who play less games than we do, they like to play it, because everyone's, they get that moment of, like, yeah. everyone's cheering for them, and no, or, or no one's like, oh, come on, you know, they, 
they might not do the final kill, but maybe they stand alive long enough to go revive one other person, and, and the then, tables turn, yeah. and it's just this constant, like, you want to win the end of the game, but there's so much positive feedback throughout the experience of getting to the finale of, like, this is the winning team, Yeah, that even if you don't actually win that, you're, like, incentivized, like, oh, that was so fun, let's play again, maybe we have a chance this round. Totally, and the other game that I think of when I think of tarpaul is super smash brothers which is only because it's like a, a fighting game and the big brawling i feel like towerfall is so much more accessible to somebody who has no idea what's going on whereas if you join a game of super smash brothers and you don't know what's going on you're smashing some buttons and maybe you're doing halfway decent but you're never going to beat somebody who's like good at smash but in towerfall button mashing is a viable strategy like and sometimes it's it's way better than trying to be methodical. Like a lot of times I play more methodical in Towerfall just because I played it so so much. Uh, and all of a sudden someone just comes flying through and I'm like, how did that even happen? Like how did you do that? Or you I- just collected a bunch of arrows and instead of you know shooting one arrow, you just launch all <laughs> ten of your arrows that you have in a straight line. And maybe not that much. You can only but, carry six. But but instead, you know, the person dodges to catch it, and they're like, Oh like, crap, I can catch two of them, but I can't dodge through six arrows. Yeah. My wife, Grace, who you guys have heard on this podcast, I really wanted her to be here for this episode because she has had so many moments where she just goes flying in, like completely reckless, and it works. I'm like, how did you do you that? You dodge and just get like a perfect jump on the person's head and you win the game. And, and everyone's was, cheering and it's and so I, excited. Like it's happened where, like, I don't know, like me winning a 1v3 doesn't happen very often. 1v2, maybe. But like, and a one-on-one, I'm usually, like, I maybe have the upper hand a little bit. But like Grace, her versus three other people, I'm like, come back and revive me. And Grace will come flying in. She doesn't revive me and she shoots everybody. I have a very specific memory <laughs> where it was three of us versus Grace in your exact circumstance. And she just, she shot one of us and then like it was in, it was like a shoot and then two jumps on the head, like falling through this area. And like, literally it was like a, it was a miracle, a literal less than two seconds of Her gameplay and it was three people were dead and they, she won the round. It was just like, what the heck happened? And your team is just like, it's static. Like I yeah. picture, uh, you know, movies when you're like carrying someone off the field you're holding her up in the air yeah, cheering yeah. her on for that specific moment and uh, there's just a lot of fun moments like that in the game there's different arrow types and there's different chests that appear throughout the level uh you can get like shields that prevent your first time getting hit to kill you which i think it does a really good job of balancing because if you've lost a bunch of rounds in a row as a team your team will start the round with, with these basically an extra life you can die twice instead of just before you yeah and i think that that it makes the game very interesting especially in the the headhunter where you're just trying to get as many kills as possible because if you are more than 3 like kills behind the leader you will get a shield at the beginning. So you, with the person who has a shield, can rush the people who don't have shields because you have a whole extra life. And it it really keeps the games more interesting throughout. There's still usually going to be the the, the top couple contenders in that version where you're trying to get kills who are probably going to win. But because of the shields, it makes it really hard for them to run away with the game. Yeah, it's a good rubber banding effect. Uh, Similar to like in Mario Kart where the people who are further back get the better items. Right. Uh, where if you're in the front, you're basically like, oh, I got a banana or a green shell. What are my options? And so, but I think it does a better job than just straight Mario Kart where it's just like, hey, 
you're not going to win necessarily win, but you it makes you feel more powerful. Yeah, I think it keeps everyone having fun the whole time. My my big thing, my encouragement to someone who's playing for the first time is just run around and smash, like shoot, just shoot the arrow. You're going to hit people when you shoot. A lot of times people who are new who don't really understand that are running around so timidly that somebody can just come kill them so easily. Just come you jump just, on their head. You've got to push buttons. If you're going to, like, just move, push the dash button and, and push, push the button. Like, go find more arrows, you know, yeah. and then pick them up and keep shooting. And so I, I do think it, it just... It allows for so many people to be able to play. Like if you can, if you can follow the directions of just push the buttons, just smash the buttons, and when you're close to somebody, hit the hit the shoot button. You're gonna have fun because there's gonna be times that you're going to come out victorious, and it's so exciting, especially with somebody who's not very good at games or doesn't think of themselves in that way. Succeeding so many times in a game, even though they don't win, succeeding in those small little interactions is so exciting. So there is a single player story mode. Of this game. I wouldn't even call it a story mode. It's more... It's a single player experience. Experience, yeah. You, you can... I call it more of a story mode because it's... You could play it with more than one person. You can. So it's... I don't know. It makes me think of like... It, I mean, it's not moving like Contra. But, you know, in the Contra style of like you're sharing your lives together with your teammates. And there's a level with these enemies that are spawning. A lot of them are like little monster creatures. And every once in a while they have like a, another archer, computer archer that spawns. And they're kind of just like, uh, waves of enemies. Yes. And what are your experiences with? I, I haven't played it a ton. I played a little bit just to have experienced it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I love tower, tower fall. But I think comparing it to, the the joy that is playing multiplayer Towerfall to playing a single player. There's not that like, yes, we did it. Like, because it's, it's more a lot of, of frustration. Like, it's, it's, a, it's like, like that was a stupid it just spawned on top of me and killed me. I was so dumb. Yeah. So there are moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I lost in the multiplayer version, but it's you losing to someone else who is also excited. So there's always excitement rolling when you're against each other, whereas in the in the game that you're playing single player, you're playing against the computer and it's you don't have that like that the joy is just transferring to all the different people. Yeah. If you don't have a group of people to play games with, I have a really hard time recommending this game. That's I that's fair. Like, this game is wonderful in couch co-op setup. If you have a Switch, you have everyone a Joy-Con. so easy to play this game with Joy-Cons. Don't feel like you need to have pro controllers for everybody. Because it's just very simple. Move and push a button to, to shoot your arrow and push another button to jump. Is the gist of the controls. Right. And so... But if you're just 1v1, is, I would even say that is not... I think you need at least four players. Once you hit four people... It, this can be a game that you could play for a couple hours and be like, yeah, that was really fun. I'm so glad we did that. And then come back and play some other time. Yeah. I think that makes it a little bit tricky to rank. I, so obviously based on what you've I think we're going to have to rank it based on the fact of assuming you have people to play with. Yes. I think we have to, we, this this is not a list of individual uh, uh, single player games, even though I think every single one of these games has been a single player experience. Oh, except for Stardew. Yes. Stardew, well, you played a single player, but and then, the the enjoyment but, that you guys found was playing it multiplayer. And I, I think it got ranked more from the concept of it being able to be multiplayer. Um, 
But I want the caveat to be out there of you don't if you don't play games with people, if you're a solo game only, this is not the game for you. I would regardless I, of where it is on the queue, I would rank this dead last. Good. I would. If you are playing this in the solo game experience. So let's rank it as if we have our couch of four to six players. That's that's how okay. we're gonna rank it. So as we've been doing the last couple episodes, I think it's helpful for us to like find a spot on the queue and throw a dart and then see if it goes up or down from there. Do you have a spot that you want to start at in the queue? I'm thinking we start at Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire. Can we start at Crypt of the Necrodancer? That's fine with me. Okay, let's start at Crypt of the Necrodancer. So Crypt of the Necrodancer versus Towerfall. They are both got that more pixely. And the art style is very similar. They're very similar. Um, They're both, they both have bows. You don't jump on people's (laughs) heads in uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. I feel like they're both very customizable and that you can kind of figure out the experience that you have the most fun with. And and take that. And make it the game your own in that regard. And so people could have different things that they really gravitate towards and they can be vastly different, but you can make the game your own in that regard. And find the most enjoyment out of it. Right now, I'm imagining Crypt of the Necrodancer, but against each other. I, it wouldn't end up working, but like I was like, oh, that, that could be kind of yeah, cool. You're, but you're not going to top that DDR Matt idea that you had of Crypt of the Necrodancer. I think that's top tier uh, gameplay for that. But anyways, I do think that Towerfall just... Uh, in the, 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 joys, the joys of winning, are they're, they're so short in how much time you need in order to have that really exciting moment. And they're so often that I, I just feel like even finishing an entire run of Crypt of the Necrodancer doesn't give you as much excitement and like, yes, I want to do this again. Winning the final battle is not even as big as doing one battle in Towerfall. Towerfall, I feel like this is a, a group dopamine you just hit. Everyone's just hitting it's over just, and over again. Just, Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> over and over again. Especially when you play teams, I feel like... The cheering for the person on your team, you just yeah. get so riled up, similar to that frenzy you have for a sports team doing well. That moment of your team throwing a winning touchdown pass is a very similar reaction and like emotional experience as just a couple I, of the games in Towerfall. I have not... Yeah, I feel like that's very, very uh, true. That... I don't know if I've ever played a, a video game that gets me that excited, other than Towerfall. It might, it, but I feel like it needs to go above. Yeah, for sure. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Okay, Slay the Spire versus Towerfall. This is so different. And I talk about the dopamine rush of uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, or not Crypt of Towerfall. I feel like this is a much more cerebral uh, Slay the Spire. They still have those moments that you know everything triggers, but I think it's it's a more of a satisfaction yep. more than a wow moment. Yeah, it's not the dopamine, but it's the the it's the slow drip. You're like you're like I have, I have such a good deck right now. I could defeat anything. You you just feel very powerful, but that doesn't happen every time, and it also is a much longer process. Um, I will say this: we did Slay the Spire a couple of weeks ago. I'm still playing Slay the Spire. I have played it too. I, I'm really, I'm just like, 
it's kind of funny when we we originally talked about it, I'm like, oh, I beat the the second one the very first time I did it, and I went back to play as the silent, and it's been kicking my butt. But the last two runs, I just like I beat it all. I was like, I've actually unlocked how to win rather than having just won because I did the first time I played it. And so you felt like you earned it more. Than- I feel like I earned it more. Whereas, I, anyways, we don't need to talk more about that. But Slay the Spire is still. I want to just play. Slay the Spire still, personally. The community aspects, which is hard because all the, most of their games we're playing on here are solo experiences. Just that having fun with the group just brings you to a different level. It's, I think it's very comparable to comedy. Because you can enjoy a good comedy special by yourself, but when you're watching it with other people, those laughs hit so much harder, and you build on the laughs of other people around you, and it can turn a an enjoyable experience into just a beyond memorable experience with just these guttural, just you can't stop laughing at yeah. stuff. And I think that you think of Nacho Libre. You watch Nacho Libre by yourself. It's an enjoyable time. Cause it's a great movie. You watch that with one of your buddies who also loves Nacho Libre. And just quoting and the whole time and the, laughing. The, it's, it's the just... greatest experience. So we played our cards. We love Nacho Libre. Uh, Nacho Libre. I think we should put that at the top of the list, <laughs> but even with the amount of like enjoyment I've been having with Slay the Spire, I still think I want to put Towerfall above it because I think you're totally right. I just wanted to say I've really enjoyed Slay the Spire and the fact that Towerfall... Because when I'm hanging out with people, Tower, if, if I'm hanging out with one person who I know loves Smash, I'll play Smash with them. But if, if there's any other... like If there's a group of four people, I don't want to play Smash anymore. I want to play Towerfall. The four-player, like, fun couch game where you don't need to know anything to play. Towerfall is, like, the game for me. So, above Slay the Spire. Yes. Dead so, Cells. Dead Cells. Now we're, they're both, you know, fighting-type games. You can, use, you can use bows in uh, Dead Cells as well, but I feel like it's the same argument that we were having with Crypt, Crypt of the Necrodancer, just with a more uh, enjoyable game for us, Dead Cells. I am okay with bumping it above Dead Cells. I mean, I, I don't think there's a ton of other comparisons to make that we haven't made before. We've talked about Dead Cells until the cows come home. I think the the four-plus player experience of Towerfall is just better. Yeah, I agree. I think we have to put it above Dead Cells. So, going against Salt and Sanctuary, a much less, like, run-and-gun exciting game, like Dead Cells is that run-and-gun, whereas Salt and Sanctuary is the methodical fight. I really enjoy the mastery that comes with getting good at Salt and Sanctuary. It's up against the actual group dynamic of you just have a f- so much more fun. And I feel like Salt and Sanctuary is a great game. It's just a lot more somber and like yeah. tension. The tension is, is thick. Is thick and long. Whereas I feel like there's lots of tension in uh, Towerfall, but it has a much quicker release that then spreads into joy, and so the the frustration of loss is immediately like cut of like okay we're on the next round, yep. and then the joy of winning lingers, and there's just so many moments of just like stand, yeah. stand especially up if and you cheer. have a, a a group of people that um, you can divide in a way that is pretty even, relatively even, you're gonna be able to play four to eight rounds really, really easily. It's not going to take that much time. And everybody is going to win, probably. If you have an even split... Or if you even mix up 
there's no way I, I just can't I don't think I've ever experienced it where we've played a session of six player towerfall that every single person didn't have at least one moment where everyone stood up and cheered for them getting the game winning kill uh, and or or as a team their Actually team won. won all the way the whole game through so it's just like everyone you finish and everyone's just like I succeeded I had a fun time I think it needs to go above Salt Sanctuary. So now, now it's getting up to the behemoths in my mind. Yes. Stardew Valley and Towerfall. So, I, like I mentioned before, this is another game that Grace really enjoys. Uh, and whenever we play it, she's like, we need to like go home and practice. And like, I want to get better at this game. We never have actually done that. But it's like, she just wants to continue to improve. Um, Stardew Valley, much more chill, hang out. You're playing ping pong with your buddy, right? Yeah. I think you know where I would fall on this, just from my experience with Stardew. I just feel like this is a top-tier multiplayer game, not just indie game, just multiplayer game, period. So here's what I want to do. I want this to jump over to Stardew Valley for a second and actually compare it to Celeste, which is the next game on our queue because they're made by the same person, Madeline, the main character in Celeste, is in the game. You have the same mechanics. You have your jump, your dash. Jump you off can the wall. jump off the walls. Uh, you don't have the climb in Towerfall like you do in Celeste. But so much of the mechanics are there. The biggest addition is the fact that you have other people that you are fighting. In Celeste, you never attack somebody. You can jump on like a couple characters. Bosses you can ju- but bosses jump on their heads. So you have that aspect, but there's no like arrows in Celeste. But it has Almost all the same mechanics. They got the same pixel art style. Um, Celeste is what I would consider like a story game, where Towerfall is more of just a co-op game. Yes. We mentioned our enjoyment of just archery in real life. I adore archery as a game mechanic. Mm -hmm. Any game that has the ability to use a bow and arrow in it, I am game for. Uh, Sometimes they're really deep intricate mechanics sometimes they're very straightforward this is on the more of a straightforward line but it's something that i immensely enjoy in video gaming it's weird because they're both made by the same people and have a very very similar art style but i think that celeste is prettier i do think that's true the characters are larger just because you only have one person you need to be focusing on whereas in towerfall you have this big screen and if they're too big it's gonna be too crowded I feel like you also interact with the better rendered version of the character in Celeste more often. During the character select scene, green, you have options for the different characters to choose from. And they're really intricately designed and they look really pretty, but they're very pixelated. And it's basically just like a colored palette difference when you're actually playing the game. You don't really see them until you get to like the final screen where it tells you you're you know, how many kills you had, how many deaths you had, and whether or not you got the You Suck Award. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoy the the pretty characters that Celeste offers. And you have much more cutscenes available because it's a story-driven game to actually interact with the prettier version of the characters. Yeah. And I appreciate that in Celeste. So before we even, even go into any deeper, you were mentioning the different color palettes, do you have like a color that's like yours? If you get to choose, you would pick. I typically play with this is the blue, the girl with the hood. 
blue girl with hood. I, I'm the green, green redhead girl. Yeah, the green redhead girl. And like, I'm probably like, like I won't, I won't play if I'm not hurt. Uh, almost to the point where I just won't even play. I'm that way with Settlers of Catan. I, I don't play as much anymore because I play so many other different board games. But I have never once played as any other color than red. Red is and I, to the point where I will refuse to play a game because I keep the, I want to keep that streak alive. It was funny. We were on a, a trip with a bunch of people and people were playing Towerfall, and it like like somebody else was playing as the green character. And there are you can go into the statistics of the game. You can see like based on the color of the character, which one like has the most wins and losses and all that stuff. And so that's probably part also part of the reason why like I I want to like. No, green is mine. And so I saw somebody else playing green and it was like bothering me. But then I realized it wasn't even my switch. So it wasn't even going counting towards the statistics. But I had this like reaction of like, oh, I hope the person who's playing green is good. Like, <laughs> uh, It makes me think of, I think it was for Super Smash Bros. Brawl. There was a certain achievement that you needed to unlock some something, something. in the game where you needed to have a certain kill-death ratio. And I remember... Somehow it was convinced that Brad's character was the one that needed to do that. So my brother David and I, I remember you'd come, you'd hit us once, we'd jump off the stage uh, so that you, you could get a it. bunch of kills so we could unlock that thing. And so for the longest time, if you ever look at the stats, your kill-death ratio was just Amazing. so much higher than ours <laughs> were, even though you weren't you know that degree better at the game than we were just because we were trying to get that achievement. See, those are the kind of things that I don't remember, but you do being on the, the, the losing side of an interaction <laughs> like that. But okay, this back back to Towerfall and Celeste. I feel like even though I love Towerfall, it's so hard, especially because it's so similar in so many ways. Celeste is so much more polished. I, I mean, Celeste is number three in her queue, and I would view Celeste as like a Mount Rushmore of indie gaming. Like it's just one of the top tier. The polish is more. I I just. I can't come to ranking Towerfall above Celeste. It's okay. just not there for me. So it really, the conversation is Stardew versus Towerfall. Yes. And p- part of me just wanted Towerfall to just climb all the way up real high. So I wanted to have that conversation about Celeste. So I think we're it's capped there, but is it going to go back below Stardew or is it going to stay above it? You didn't have as nearly as good a time with Stardew as we did. Um, and then... Thinking about Towerfall, there are so many amazing moments. And I do feel like I have, I've had so many amazing moments in Stardew Valley. And it, it's just not nearly as quick. And, but this game is, this is not just about, like... Immediate gratification. Immediate gratification. I, I, am, I am very okay with Towerfall being above or below Stardew Valley. And I feel like you are much more on Towerfall's side. I am. I feel like we've, we kind of came to the conclusion for Stardew to have the most enjoyment out of it. You need to be playing with other people. And so I think that compares the multiplayer aspect of it. And I think it's much harder, unless you're like playing with a significant other, to have the time commitment to actually play Stardew multiplayer is like a part-time job in itself of just scheduling when to play the game. Mm-hmm. Of, whereas I feel like a tower fall of night is just like an event. Like this is a one time we're all getting together. We're playing this 
and then you might not play Towerfall again for months. But then you're going to get together and, you you know, it's going to be the right moment, you know, like when our family gets together for a holiday, you know. Very I have Towerfall. Do you want to play? Play. We'll get together and we'll just play for an hour or two and just have an amazing time. Whereas I feel like the slow burn in video games, especially when you're trying to add the multiplayer aspect to it, it just makes it a lot trickier. And if you have any one person who's just, that's not the perfect game for it's like, okay, do we just not play it? Do we start a new file because this person that we played with for a while doesn't actually want to play anymore or just life stuff comes up? I think a lot of the draw for solo video gaming is the fact that you can do it whenever you want to. Yeah. And Stardew works that way as a solo game. But I don't feel like you get quite as much out of it. Or the joy of, like, actually building your life with somebody. And so I think, like, it was perfect for you and Grace to play that as a married couple. It's like, you're building this alternate married life together. Which is, like, this fun, chill, like, bonding experience that you guys got to have. But just the overall, like, joy and excitement. And the, just, like, the rabid nature of just, like, the excitement... I think it looks more comparable to like your team is in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you're just, you're all in and so excited for something to happen. I, I feel like we should put Towerfall above Stardew. I'm actually very curious what Grace will think. Like, if she was just sitting down and she had Stardew, Towerfall, which she would put first. I kind of want to yell downstairs and see, if, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but I think we would put Stardew at, bump it to five and put Towerfall in at the number four. That's. Amazing. Towerfall made it all the way up and right next to the game that it kind of built the name for this creator and this developer is Celeste. Celeste and Towerfall are touching. I wonder how long that will stand.